you have your Bibles, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 is where we'll, we'll be. I was in Philadelphia this week, and in the middle of the city was this active construction site, and it was this skyscraper going up, and there were these cranes, and they were they had dangling steel over the city, and it was pretty fascinating to just take a few moments and watch that. Thought about all the plans and money and coordination to make that building project happen, and yet, actually, that building project concerns me far less than than another building project, and that is the building project that Jesus told us about. So Jesus said in Matthew Matthew sixteen, "I will build my church." And so, one thing I want to always be able to sense as. Uh, a shepherd here at Ogletown is, like, how are we doing on that? How are we complying to Jesus' building initiative here at our church? What did he have in mind? What does he have in mind for us? And so, really, the goal of our series, we've a, we called it You Are Here, was to take a, take a pulse of where we are as a church and kind of evaluate where, where are we in, the, in light of Jesus promising to build his church. Are we working with him? Or are we working against him? Ogletown has this mission and talked about this over the last several weeks. I mean, it's, we want God to be seen clearly as loving and faithful and wise. So we've said that Ogletown is working to be a growing family who follows Jesus and helps others follow Jesus. You can go back a few weeks. If you missed any of these, I'd love for you, especially if you call Ogletown home, I'd love for you to hear kind of the heart of your pastors as we've shared over the last several weeks. But this is it. Ogletown is this growing family who follows Jesus and helps others follow Jesus. At this stage in the life of our church, I mean, 58 years old now, Ogletown is, God has shaped us into a strong, maturing church family. That's by his grace. He's made us into a a strong church family, but our desire is to use the strength, any strength that God has given, to use it to be a sending church. That God would continue to build us into a strong, healthy church family, but, but we would regularly recognize there's a world that needs to hear the message of Jesus, needs to experience the love of Jesus, and, and that God would just raise up many of us to go out into that world. So we've been asking questions. We've been looking particularly at, like, what are some of the rhythms that God is calling all of us to? Sometimes we have a, a dichotomy. We have, like, there's the super spiritual Christians, and then there's the rest. And just kind of wanted to put dynamite to that and recognize, I don't, I don't know of super Christians that go to Ogletown other than you're all super but I mean, really, as far as any sort of distinguishing, I mean, we're, we're followers of Jesus who help others follow Jesus. And, and what is God calling not just a select group, but what is calling all who make Ogletown their home, all who call Ogletown their home? I mean, beyond age distinction, beyond length of tenure at Ogletown, what is he calling all of us to? So we've gone back to the basics, and one of those basics was, we said one of the rhythms that, that, that I... I I've desired for us to have is a regular rhythm of our church body encountering Christ. 
Encountering Christ, of course, you can encounter Christ anywhere and everywhere and at any time, but we've kind of used that language to say there is something unique about when God's body, when Christ's body gathers together, when God gathers his people, there's things that happen. As wonderful as your time in Bible reading and prayer might be, there's something unique that happens when we're all together. And we are all singing when Satan tempts us to despair and tells us of guilt within. Upward we look and see him there. I mean, that means something to me, but it means something even more. I encounter Christ in new ways when all of us are together. We receive his word as he speaks, as his word is read. He meets us at the Lord's Supper table. We receive his ministry through others in the body. So don't neglect that. Don't neglect the encounter with Christ. Prioritize it, anticipate it. Sometimes it's very easy to get into rhythms where there's first this thing on that weekend and then this and then that and then what do you know? I mean, in the course of months, you've maybe attended a couple times and if Jesus Christ is present, which we believe he is, that's an encounter worth you prioritizing. We've encouraged you to do that, all, all of us. The second rhythm that I shared last week was the desire that we would not just encounter Christ, but experience community. Experience community. We talked about that community largely in Scripture is found in the one another words, the one another commands where Scripture says, you know, bear one another's burdens and confess your sins one to another. And we said, that, that's a little complicated in a, in a room of hundreds of people. And so there has to be these smaller groups where we, we connect and we can be very, very transparent and where people know us and can pray for us and we know them and we can pray for them. And our, my desire as a church is that we, we recognize this need to experience community. Gave some of the avenues where that could happen at Ogletown. Deep down, I'd love for you to have I'd love for you to have dozens of relationships of community, one another, but at least I, I gave at least one metric. Uh, it, would, it would encourage me greatly if every, every person that calls Ogletown their home had three to five meaningful relationships where they really know you, you really know them. And I think that's worth effort on our part to pursue that. Brings me to a final rhythm that I think is vital for every person in our church every person that calls Ogletown home, and that is that we would embrace a calling. Embrace a calling. You read the word calling, I mean, there's lots of different ways that word is used, even in Scripture. So in Scripture, that word is used, speaking of, like, Jesus' call to follow him, and kind of that initial call in which our eyes are open to salvation. And, and that's the call of the Lord, the call that, that brings lost sinners home. And it's actually a lifelong call of discipleship. So Jesus says, follow me, and we, we continue to fo- follow him. And, and that is a call, and, and Scripture says that we are called according to his purpose in Romans eight twenty eight. That's a call. And, and so there's lots of different ways we could use that. There's, if someone has kind of found a, a, a good place for them with, it, with respect to vocation or their life's work, we'd say they've really found their calling. But I want to use the word a little bit differently today. When we say embrace a calling... I want you to think in terms of God calling you to engage here with your church family. We talk regularly about reaching out to the world, and we're called to do that. But today, specifically, I want to to encourage you to think through what does it mean that God is calling you to minister to your church family. For scriptures, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, I, I love this scripture. 
says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. As each has received a gift. So here's the idea of calling I have in mind. And just simplify it. God gifts each person, each person in the church with something necessary for the whole body to grow. This is what I mean by embracing a calling. God gifts each person in the church with something necessary for the whole body to grow and calls each of us to put that gift into action, ministering to each other. I love the verses in in 1 Peter, and I want us to dig in those today because those tell us they correct some misgivings and some misunderstandings and maybe even some misapplications. Because we might think, well, you know, you you can talk about embracing a calling and that God gives each person, but Curtis, quite frankly, I feel inadequate and unqualified. You may put kind of an age marker on it, like, Curtis, I'm past my prime of really serving anybody. I've had my chance there. Let others do the work now. I've kind of had my time to do that. Or because of this limitation or that limitation, I really can't do that. I I did at one point, but but I don't know that that really resonates with me today. Or you may say, I feel like I'm kind of on the, the JV squad and I'll never really get into the place where I could really use a gift. And so if we, if we think through that, this passage says, as each, in verse 10, right, as each has received a gift, use it. As we embrace a calling, Scripture says we become stewards of God's grace. That's what it said in verse 10. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So we've received a gift. It's a grace gift. We didn't deserve it. But God in his mercy wanted us to have it. So we say, ah, I'm kind of unqualified. I'm still kind of a new person sorting it all out. And God says, I've given you a gift. It's a spiritual gift. Much in the Bible that talks about this, this, these talents, these abilities empowered by the Spirit, which are to be used in the ministry of the church, and we use it to serve one another. So I don't really find any opt-out clauses here. I don't, I don't find any time where like, well, I, I did that for a while, but I'm, I'm kind of retirement age, and now I just draw kind of the, the church's kind of ministry to me because I put in my time. I see this as saying, as each person has received a gift, use it, use it. You're a steward. Embrace the calling as a steward of grace. You're not an owner. You're not an originator. You're not a creator. We are not. But good stewards don't hide their gifts and they don't bury them. They use and they reuse them. They invest by putting them into action. They serve a picture beyond themselves and their comfort. And what we get to steward is grace. And what I know is if you have met Jesus, you know something about grace you know how God transforms you by his grace. And this is what's amazing. You're a steward of that. You get to deploy that to serve others. It's God's grace that's just, it's varied grace. It's the same word of like the the coat of many colors. It just comes to all shapes and sizes God's grace does. And we're stewards of that. 
Those who are stewards take responsibility for an area of service. Those who are stewards know they'll give an account. Those who are stewards know that it's a great privilege to steward God's grace. And many at Ogletown see themselves not, not just as consumers of religious goods and services, but as stewards of God's grace using talents and gifts and abilities. So we might have the, the misgiving that, ah, I feel kind of inadequate for all this, or we might even have a misconception. So as you hear me talk about service and using your gifts to benefit the greater body of Christ, it's, it's easy for us kind of in our culture to think, oh, he's talking about like volunteer hours for God, you know, service hours for God. So lots of schools have volunteer hours or service hours you need to, you need to meet, and I think that's a great thing. And so is that basically what we're talking about? If you're going to be on God's team, everybody's got to put in a few hours. Everybody's got to kind of pay their dues. And God keeps track of all that. And is that what I'm talking about today? I think something much deeper is going on than you getting some sort of volunteer hours to God so you can tip him and say, yeah, thanks for everything. I think more is going on. I think more is going on, especially when I read 1 Peter 4, as each has received that gift, use it. And, and there are two categories of gifts that emerge in, in verse 11, and that is speaking gifts. If you speak, you speak knowing it is God's word that you're delivering. And when you serve, you serve knowing it is God that is giving you the strength to serve. That sounds more than volunteer hours. Actually, as we embrace a calling, we ourselves become instruments of God become instruments in his hands. He's using us to accomplish his good purposes in the world. It talks about kind of things coming together here. I mean, if you speak, it says in verse 11, whoever speaks, speak as one who speaks oracles of God. Let's make sure we understand that verse right. There's all sorts of the problems with a kind of self-serving interpretation that says, yeah, when, when you hear me talk, you're actually hearing God talk all the time. Okay, so that's not what this is saying. Anybody who kind of gives you that impression, just run the opposite direction. That's not what this is saying. But it is saying, as we are ministers of God's varied grace, that God will use us. He will use human beings. He will use men and women. He will use boys and girls. He will use people that think they're too old or too young, and he will use them as speaking his words. So he wants others to know of, of hope and help and compassion and confidence, and, and he'll use you to do that. What an amazing thing. God might be using you to give a word of help, to give a word of correction, maybe a word of caution, maybe a word of exhortation. Often people hear from God through the instrument of other people embracing their calling, their speaking gifts. And let me just say, most of those don't happen with a microphone or behind a podium. A lot of those speaking gifts happen in conversations, perhaps even in texts and emails that are shared, in thoughtful words after a service, before a service, in the middle of the week, written in nice cards, picking up the phone to call, speaking gifts. The second category of gifts is serving gifts, serving in the strength that God supplies. This is any kind of help or encouraging ministry or action or benefit of others. It's organizing, it's planning, it's physically being present. It's done for the benefit of others. And what happens when people serve is 
A couple things happen. One is barriers get removed. And so what maybe is obstacles for someone to see the truth or, or really feel God's love, those barriers get removed as people serve. It, it, it's happened this morning already. And as people serve, there are not just barriers removed, but bridges are being built so that someone thinks, I could never be there. But as, as service happens, as there's ministry in this congregation, it's an amazing thing. Warren Wearsby, a pretty well-known Christian writer, says, ministry happens when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels. Those divine resources are meeting human needs, but they're going through loving channels, the instruments of God. And that's you. Every one of us. Use your gift. It's this... It's, it's something very God-centered here because it's God's words that we share when we use our speaking gifts. And it's, it's God's strength that enables our serving gifts. So we don't even have to worry about the misapplication that somehow we're using our gift to puff ourselves up. That's not what it's ever about. It's never about us feeling like we're somebody or we're something important. No, rather, it's a recognition, just like John the Baptist says, as Jesus increases, I need to decrease. Did you notice the passage in 1 Peter 4, verse 11? It says, we speak and we serve, and there's a dash, and it says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Jesus belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know what happens when we embrace a calling? We become reflectors of glory. Reflectors of glory. We're stewards of grace. We're instruments in God's hands and we reflect God's glory. We're not the source of the glory, but, but when, when we are serving, when we are speaking, when we are using our gift to benefit the body, God is glorified. We embrace this calling and, and, and there's a tension in church because the fact is God could use other people than us. Certainly he could. So in some ways we think about this is anyone irreplaceable? Well, in one way, we would just want to say, well, God can use anybody, anytime. He doesn't necessarily need us, although he wants us. But there's, there's another kind of tension that I'd want to pull. Not just say, well, any of us are, are, can, can be replaced in a moment. I want to say, why does God have you here? Why are you here in God's design? And I would say for God's purposes, it is critical that you use your gift as he builds his church so that he gets glorified. We have our Explore Ogletown class in just a few moments. What we will not say is, come help us make a name for Ogletown. God can choose to use Ogletown or he can choose to use lots of other churches as well. What we do have, a burning desire is that Jesus would be treasured. This is what it looks like when everybody's using their gifts. Ephesians 4.15 describes it this way. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Growing that, that's the direction. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When, listen to this, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God is glorified through humble service. God is glorified by that person that that you don't know and I don't know that got here at 7.30 this morning to serve in ways that we may never know. God is honored by that humble 
behind-the-scenes service. Jesus is magnified when there are those who are using their speaking gifts. Jesus looks big when there are gifts that come out of hiding, like, like some of you, like I'm praying that some of you do. Bring your gifts and your skills and your talents out of hiding. Where you say, well, it really doesn't matter. It's a big church. Uh, kinda, they, can, they can take care of things on their own. And you bring that out of hiding and you use it for God's glory. God is magnified in that moment. There are those who use their gift of administration and there are those who use their gift of generosity and they fund things that would not happen if they didn't fund them. When someone's patient, when someone perseveres, I mean, does anyone really want to just sit on the sidelines? Does anybody just want to watch a train go by of God being glorified by people using their gifts and go, no thanks, I'll pass? I'm telling you, you want to step into that. Because in eternity, what will matter most is what magnified Jesus Christ. Don't convince yourself that you aren't needed or wanted or inadequate or good enough. Or don't convince yourself, yeah, I kind of tried that at the old church and didn't go so well. Don't believe those things. I'm not sure that it's possible to even just a minute or two, get everybody in their sweet spot of embracing a calling. I don't know that that's possible, but I also know that our desire is to start somewhere. So the past few weeks, I've had uh, Champ share and Chris share, and this morning I want Evan to come share about our effort to help you, help you embrace a calling. So when many people gather to uh, encounter Christ, which is what we're doing on a weekly basis, and uh, experience community, a lot of needs are generated, and this is a good thing. Uh, If my count is right, this morning alone, over 140 people embraced their callings and served us this morning alone. Some of these folks volunteer for 12 weeks a year. Some of them rarely miss a week. They may be in there for 50, 52 weeks out of the year. Some of these folks are up front. You'll see them. Some are behind the scenes, and they like it that way. Some are longtime members, and some are newer attenders. Very new. Three weeks, four weeks, and they are doing something. But all of them have embraced or are in the process of embracing a calling. You know, we've been finding that a calling generally looks like a task. It looks like doing something. It may be pushing a sound knob or prepping a lesson or shaking a hand or brewing some coffee. Uh, But there's always a reason that this thing is being done. And the reason, that's where the calling lies. Uh, Some callings that are work this morning. Just draw your attention to the screen. Um, now, I just want to note that there are so many things that happen during the week. There are, there are deacons at work. There are committee members at work. There's the Women's Missionary Union. There are women's ministries, men's ministry, people doing hospitality, people giving. So much goes on during the week, but we can't cover everything. So I'd like to just focus on a few things that happened this very morning. This morning, you probably saw people who had a calling to demonstrate the welcoming heart of the Father. Now, you could phrase that in many ways, but these are the people who were here, uh, greeters, uh, the people who gave you a worship guide uh, over at the Kids Connection. They're the welcome desk people, the coffee service, uh, demonstrating hospitality. 
there were people who were called to remove distractions for the worship this morning. Uh, this is the AV guys. They're back in booze. They're doing it in both services. Uh, this morning, uh, this, this building right here is used during the week. We have groups come in from um, inner city to play basketball. We've got kids' activities. A lot goes on in this place, and so the chairs have to come down. The staging comes down. And so some of the first people on the scene this morning, besides the folks brewing coffee, were the people who put up the very chairs that you sat in. We have people who have a calling to teach all generations about God. These are our Sunday Bible study teachers. Uh, these are the folks over in the Kids Connection right now as we speak. These are the musicians, uh, the choir members over in the other service. You know, when you hear a number of like 140 people volunteering, it would be easy perhaps to think that everything's covered. And it's kind of like driving someone else's car, right? You, you sit down, it sounds good, runs good, accelerates well, you don't smell anything, burning, um, it's not pinging or rattling, and, and you might not know all the work that went in to make sure the car isn't smoking. And so I'm just going to take a little time just to, to highlight a few uh, needs that we have, because there may be some people out there that are working overtime to make sure the car ain't smoking, all right? And so I just want to invite some of you into that world of embracing a calling, and as Curtis said, unearthing some gifts that might be underutilized at this time. So for today's purpose, I'd like to focus on, on two areas, okay, for us to consider. This is not all of them, this is just a few of them, uh, but this, this represents a large need in our church. Uh, so th the next slide. Uh, Sunday morning setup. Now this encompasses a few things. This is a calling to create a place where people can be comfortably, see, and hear without distraction. As I said, some of the first people on scene are the people brewing the coffee and setting up this room. Uh, they do so many other things. Uh, but they've supported us very, very faithfully, and they could use our support. So could it be that some of you would like to embrace that calling to create a place that is free of distraction so others can hear and see undisturbed? Now, this is a great position for those of you who like to be behind the scenes. You don't have to say a word, hardly, to anybody. Generally, this would be once or twice a month, and we can train you. So this would be one thing, Sunday morning setup. You say, okay, I could do that. Another area is, is the kids' connection in general. Now, obviously, this is near and dear to my heart because it's a place that I spend a lot of time, but it's also the most volunteer-intensive ministry uh, in any church ministry. And so there are two aspects to this one. And this is a calling to provide a safe place. This is kind of our mission statement. A safe place. Because who's going to leave their kids in a not safe place, right? A safe place where loving leaders train or prepare kids to follow Jesus. So that is kind of our mission statement right there. Every Sunday we have up to 45 individuals who are making this work. Who welcome the kids that God send us. I will be frank with you, we always have needs, and that's where a lot of the overtime happens. If 10 people were to embrace this calling of preparing these kids to follow Jesus this morning, we would have a solid schedule. So there are about 10 positions open over there right now. If 15 people were to embrace the calling, and we already had a handful this morning over in the first service, to prepare these youngest members to follow Jesus, our preschool coordinator would have to start beating back invitations to speak nationwide about how on earth did you do it? Uh, we'd love to have her in that position. I'm, I'm just kidding. And people would say, how, how did you do it? 
Well, it would be because you embraced the calling to help these kids follow Jesus. So I've asked you to consider Sunday morning setup and, and the preschool just as two areas. But there's another aspect of the, of the kids' connection, our children's ministry, that I would just like to put before you. And this is that of one-to-one helpers. And this is a calling to enable a child who might not otherwise be able to experience a Sunday morning, experience a Sunday morning. Uh, Last January, those who volunteered in our grade school noticed a sharp increase in kids with special needs in our midst. Now, this shouldn't be a surprise because Delaware is known for uh, its services, and the Brennan School is a mile and a half from us. Yet it was surprising because this demographic has not always been well represented in our midst, but that seems to be changing. So it is our desire to train one-to-one helpers who can help these children get everything that she or he needs from a Sunday morning. Uh, The Lord has provided in amazing ways. We have multiple team members who have sat on our special education council who have advanced degrees in special education, and they are willing to train these one-to-one helpers. So really no experience is necessary, just a desire to bless and be blessed in return. If we had eight such people, it would ensure that a helper was available both for each Sunday Bible study block and each kids' church block. If we had 16 of those people, we could begin to assign one-to-one helper to individual children, and we would be prepared to take what the Lord sends us. And so if you could do that 10 times a year, 12 times a year, so that would be once a month, uh, that would fit very, very well. And so I pointed out three areas of opportunity. Sunday setup, a kind of behind-the-scenes sort of thing, training provided, preschool, and one-to-one helpers. So, how can you let us know of your interest? Okay, at this time, I would like to, uh, to have the, the students. I had some teens volunteer to help me. Kind of, you guys could pop up and get to your section. Uh, I have a card, which I may have one right here. It looks like this. Um, now, if you... In just a moment, they'll start moving. If you would just kind of put up your hand or catch their attention, what is on this card is, is just several things. One of them is guest services. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time on that, but the folks who greet you in the morning, there are teams, and we could use more and more on that. So that is one possibility if you just want to shake a hand. Many of you could do that. The second one is the Sunday setup aspect, and the third one is this kids' connection. And there you'll see the preschool and the one-to-one helper. And, of course, there is an other slot. If you just are like, hey, I have this, this gift that I feel like is not being used, uh, please, okay, guys, you can start looking around. Just put up your hand. Now, this is not a contract. Understand, this is a tool, all right? This is not a death warrant. This just means that you will be contacted by someone who will help you explore and embrace this calling. Now, while those are getting into your hands and, um, and as you're filling them out, I just want to draw your attention to another way that you can get in contact with us, and that is ogletown.org slash volunteer. Okay? It's a little bit more uh, specific things. You can fill that out, and somebody will get in contact with you. So if you could just keep raising your hands, uh, teens, if you could just keep an eye out. Uh, what you're going to do with those cards... Uh, In the back, you'll see a blue banner, a table, where one of our deacons will be. That's the serve table. You can fill it out and drop it off right there or hand it to one of the guest services members who will be stationed at each doors. And so uh, while you're filling your card out, I just want to share a story with you. Um, When a calling meets a need, divine resources meets a need, it, it it can just bring chills to you. 
for instance, not too long ago, we had a visiting family whose uh, only child spoke, uh, one of their children spoke only their native language. Okay, and it was not a well-known language. And so the child could not communicate. Uh, in the preschool hall waited somebody who had just embraced their calling to help children for the first time at Ogletown. And she happened to have studied that very language for four years. And so they were chattering away in this very, very unusual, um, in this unusual way. And you look at that kind of thing, and it's just like, God, God provides. So when you step forward, God will grow your faith. Okay, teens, if, if you're not seeing it out of their hands, you guys can sit down. Um, so how I'd like to close here, uh, we've been praying that God would move in your heart. Uh, we may not know your name right now, but uh, you have been in our prayers. And so would you pray with us? Father, we ask now that uh, callings would be embraced this morning, where people would take the next step to explore that, where we know that great blessing happens both uh, to the church at large and to the individuals that serve uh, as they do this. And so I may pray that you would make this place a place of, of fruitfulness, Lord, where, where your divine resources go out and then the needs are met and all of us get to rejoice. Father, we just thank you for those who uh, do this day in and day out, really, just uh, so faithful. And I pray that, um, uh, that you would even increase this number today. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.